Welcome to the podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Krista. And you're listening to Practical Prepping Quick Tips. Hey, Mark. Hey, Krista. I have a question for you. Okay. What's next? I don't know. Do you ever think about the next level of prepping? All the time. Ooh, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about moving to the next level of prepping. Let's do. Okay, now our listeners... Some are new, some are older, and I'm not talking about age. Oh, you mean they've been with us longer. They've been with us longer. They've been prepping longer. (laughs) And they have a decent stock of what we normally eat built up. Yeah. Maybe three to six months. Mm -hmm. It's enough to handle a job loss or layoffs or illness or injury or economic downturns, which we may be facing, or financial crisis. Absolutely. We've stored some water, and we have personal water filters for our get-home bags. And you know how much that means to me. Oh, yes. And we have a plan for auxiliary heating and cooking. So what you're saying is we've got our major categories covered. We've got our major categories covered, and many of our listeners do. If they've been prepping for some time now, they have the major categories covered. And that's food, water, shelter, skills, communication, security, And security can be personal security. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. can be home security, firearms, everyday carry. Even the emergency stuff hits the fan security. Well, you know, I think it's probably time, as that professional chef Emeril Lagasse says, to kick it up a notch. Kick it up a notch. So we're going to talk about next-level prepping. And we've got it categorized in four stages. Stage number one. You're prepared for about two weeks of a disruption of your life. That can be power outages, which we can see with a tornado. We can see with ice storms that could be several days. But you're talking about up to about two weeks. And that's where some of our preppers are right now. You know, a lot of hurricanes Mm -hmm. leave someone about two weeks out. So think about our hurricane victims. And we've talked about it taking about nine days for FEMA to get in Mm -hmm. and get up and running. And so we need to have at very, very minimum that two weeks. And then level two is being prepared for one or more months on your own. Okay, you're actually talking about if you had to bug in and stay in your home, shelter, dwelling, what have you. Mm -hmm. Could you subsist for one month and never have to leave to go get anything? Correct. Okay. Correct. We we could maintain ourselves Mm -hmm. for a month or longer. So you're saying that's level two. That's level two. When we've got one or more months that we can sustain ourselves on our own. Okay. Now, here's where it gets a little bit tricky. Mm. Level three. Okay. We're prepared for a year of survival. I love to read stories from people who send us their stories, and they show us snapshots of their prepper pantries. And Mm -hmm. these are people that are prepared for a year or more. Serious canners, preppers, canned food, dried food, water storage, large and small. I mean, these folks have got it going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of folks that send us pictures, and they've got a couple of months. But they're still growing. Mm-hmm. They're still growing. So level three, then, we're looking at a year's worth of sustainability for you and your family in food, water, shelter, and protection. Exactly. And then level four is where we would all love to be. Ooh. And that is sustainable, self-sustaining to the degree possible. Mm. I mean, 
most of us can't do our own dental work and things well, like that. But understood. Uh, but homesteading. You, well, and, I was going to say we're watching a program where there's a homesteading family, and they pretty much have themselves self-sufficient, living in Alaska mm-hmm. on several acres. There's no neighbors nearby. They seem to be faring well, and they're trying some farming. And I would say that they. They go from season to season, but I would say that they probably don't even go into town, but maybe two times a year, pretty much, for any kind of well, purchasing supplies. It's a 12-mile trip. Yeah. Well, and and so, exactly. So those they may qualify as your level four homesteaders. They would. They would. Now, let's talk about kicking it up a notch. Okay. And here's really what to look at. Wherever we are, we can improve. Yes, And I told somebody the other day that um, when we were in business, we would do whatever it took to improve 1%. Mm. So if we're always trying to improve a little bit, pretty soon we're down the road and we've improved a lot. Well, think of how that will bolster your self-reliance. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Now, there's some things that we can do to kick it up a notch. Now, this is going to be a personal thing, okay? Yeah. You have to decide what you need. And what I would do here is I would look at all of my preparations and where am I weak? Where am I the weakest? Am I sitting pretty good on everything that I've got here? Maybe then I need to take it to another level. And let's use food, for example. We have food stored, as most of our listeners do, and a lot of it is canned goods and various things that we eat every day. Mm -hmm. We store what we eat because in a situation, we're going to eat what we've stored. Well, absolutely. There's no reason to buy something you're not going to use. So we don't need powdered zucchini, (laughs) which, for those of you that don't know, I do not like zucchini. That is the truth. He does not. And um, we don't need to store powdered zucchini because we don't eat it, and I'm not going to like it if I have to eat it to live. Well, you're the one that doesn't like zucchini. I I know. I love the hound out of zucchini. I I know. But, you know, I have not bought zucchini since I married you. And that's a mixed marriage. So. But when we're looking at food, maybe it's time to start layering our foods. What do you mean? Maybe we need to go to some of those longer-term storage. You know, we have spoken about that in the sense of we have never, ever dismissed the notion of having those what we call 25-year buckets. We've never discounted that we've just we've tried to tell people we don't think you need to start there if you have never started before exactly but once you're ready to move up to the next level that's you're comfortable with what you have right or if you're at a point that rotation is beginning to be an issue yeah if you're having trouble rotating all of your foods maybe it's time to go to some longer term storage We've never been against it, as she said. Mm -hmm. We've said that's not the place to start. Exactly. If you've never prepped anything in your Mm -hmm. life, a 25-year bucket is not the place to start. Exactly. You don't want to have to break it out because of a three-day snowstorm. Well, you've also got to consider the amount of water it's going to take to hydrate all that freeze-dried food. Oh. So another thing, too, is that that's where you don't want to start with a 25-year bucket 
because you have to also account for your water that it's going to take. And you've got to have either some sort of a ready water source or a filtered water system if you're sourcing water from an ocean, a river, a lake, a pond, a swimming Mm -hmm. pool. So you've got to be smart with your plan. But yeah, I think what you're saying too is not only can you look into some of those brands, and there are some that are all over the map as far as the brands. Yes, and we don't discount that. In fact, we love them. I mean, Mm, having that type of food, Mm. and there's some really, really good ones out there. But what we did was we did not go immediately, and let me say it like go from canned food to, you know, long-term storage buckets. Right. We built some other things in between, and you can build your own food bucket. Yeah, I've actually seen it done. There's some commercially available, what they call 72-hour buckets. Yeah, I'm talking about go to the grocery Mm -hmm. store and buy the things to make your own bucket. Sure. Now, a couple of ways to do that. One, buy bags of rice. Mm -hmm. Or beans. Well, and beans. Mm -hmm. I I was going to say buy bags of rice, and I like the two-pound bag because they fit in the bottom of the bucket real well. That's true. And you can put 10 pounds of rice in there. You can put 10 pounds of beans in there, and I would mix the types of beans. We're talking dry beans here. Right. And if you buy them in bulk, then you need to put them in mylar, and you need to put oxygen absorbers in there. Yes. And that will keep it for an extended period of time. Now, it may not be 25 years. No. But, you know, rice will last a long time. Mm -hmm. Dried beans will last a long time. If you're buying it in individual packets, leave it in the original packaging. Now, what I like to do is to put the beans and rice inside of like a trash bag. Now, it's leave it in the original and put the original packaging down inside a trash bag inside the bucket and then tie it off and then seal the bucket. I see. Yeah. So A little bit of extra layer the, of protection. E- exactly. That's one way you can do that. The next thing is you can buy long-term food buckets. Right, like we talked about before, that are already prepackaged. Exactly. You can even buy them by breakfast, lunch, entrees, dinner, dessert. I mean, they have them all parsed out. Exactly. And you can buy a bucket that's got some of each. There's all kinds of things there. But if you're looking at food and you're comfortable where your canned goods department is, and and that I include boxed and jarred and whatever, then maybe it's time you take food up a notch. Maybe it's time you take storm shelter up a notch. Right. You know, that's something I think you and I are going to be considering seriously is some sort of an external tornado shelter. I mean, the storms that are coming through here are pretty strong, and pretty mm-hmm. even if it's not a full-on tornado, we have sudden downbursts and straight-line winds that can be just as damaging they, as an EF-1. They can, and, and she's serious about that. We are looking at putting in a storm shelter. And, you know, we have a safe closet, so to speak. Yeah. But when you put the two of us and two cats in there, it's crowded. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the safest option we have here right now. So we're looking at upgrading the shelter options. How about a bug-out location? Now, by this, I don't necessarily mean that you have to buy 10 acres in the middle of a forest somewhere. Right. I mean, if that's what you define as bug-out, that's mm-hmm. your business. But 
it can just be, you know, a hotel 50 miles down the well, road. Well, <laughs> that, but you might need to actually stage some food someplace. Mm-hmm. There might be a place, and, and if you're looking at using the hotel, how about a dry storage? One of the inexpensive mini storages to stage some food and other prepper gear. You're talking about a separate freestanding building? Yeah, okay. you, like we had in our last town that we stored furniture oh, and stuff you know, in. You're, oh, I thought you meant like your own personal. You're talking about a, 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 a like a you-store-it exactly. complex. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And They may not be as cheap as they well, used to be. There yeah. are some, they're not as cheap as they used to be, but there are still some that are not that expensive, but they're out away from the downtown mm-hmm. areas in the suburb yeah this is where you might even it, for the cost of it you may go in with a family member or a friend and both of you mm-hmm. can share the load of that monthly rental but that certainly would store off premises in another location that would be a great place to put some things that are not terribly volatile i wouldn't use it for any kind of firearm storage or anything no, like no, that no. strictly how, food and water how yeah. about a trailer that you could hook up to and Mm -hmm. haul your stores with you. That could be a next-level prepper. We're just talking about options here. This is something that you just need to decide for yourself, where can I take my preps up a notch? Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned building a tribe. You know, we touched on this in a podcast several weeks back of trying to learn your community Mm -hmm. or your circle your group of people that you associate with and really try to assess in some way what are the weaknesses and strengths of the people that I know and what could I do in terms of creating what I call a survival community. You know, a a trusted group, a close trusted group of people that we can rely on one another for different skills and different things. And we've even joined a group of people in the North Alabama area who have come together with this very mindset of if, you know, when things get bad and it just, you define that any way you want mm-hmm. to. That we can depend we on We have each other. this community of people that have a different skill set, each one, and that together means we can rely on one another for if somebody's got chicken eggs, somebody makes tinctures, somebody else has um Horses. Somebody else knows how to butcher. Now, you can also look at that, not as extensive as you're talking about, but what about your own community? What about, do we know our neighbors? We've talked about this before. Right. Do we know our neighbors? We've met our neighbors. Uh-huh. That we, do we really know our neighbors? Exactly. Do we know who we can count on? We've got one neighbor that I know we could count on if we had to right here locally. Uh-huh. And I'm talking within a block range of our house. So maybe it's developing those relationships. And we don't need to walk up to them and say, hey, you want to start a prepper group? No, yeah. I'm not talking about invading people's privacy and acting all weird and stuff. I'm I'm just talking (laughs) about getting to know them and developing relationships. Another thing that you might need to consider as far as kicking it up a notch Maybe you need to improve your skills. Maybe you need to go to some advanced skills. Right. uh, Say medical, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, there's basic medical training. And then there's maybe some that's a little bit more advanced. And you may even find or know someone that has medic uh, in their skill set or maybe can help teach you how to, I don't know, suture a wound or something. Well, it could be. 
and there are suture kits available, but it might be that you go take an advanced first aid course. Yes. It might be that you go to the community college and take a emergency medical technician course. You could. And, you know, that, that's, that's, just, a, that's just in the medical world. It's a pretty yeah. well invested 12 weeks, mm-hmm. and you will learn a lot of things. And so, as I said before, this is really a, a personal thing. Look at your preps, look at your skill set, look at your situation, and say, where do I need to kick it up a notch. Yeah, because you should never really plateau. You should always be climbing. It's always like be climbing. There's always that next, you know, rise mm-hmm. that's just ahead of you. And I know we've run a little bit long today, but we hope you have picked up something here. And as we said, it's personal. But what do you need to do to kick it up a notch? And we'd like to hear from you. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>